Many types of birds will flock in spheres and fly in spiral circles throughout the skies without any center to which the birds know to fly. There is no physical point which they are flying around, yet they somehow manage to maintain their equilibrium shape. Scientists think that this is likely because that as every bird gets out of the circle, they try to find their way back in to that mythical center that doesn't really exist. Astrology, in many ways, is, to me, the ether mind of humanity moving in the same way that flock of birds around mythical centerpieces that have been there throughout a good portion of history because they're up in the sky for us to look at. These centers and create stories that we have brought into our own world and are so inundated within our culture, both on a material and physical level that we can see and in terms of our collective unconscious in ways that we're probably not even aware. The stories of the stars are something that is deeply written into our histories and culture. And while, you know, the literal realness of the effects of the planets on our actions, the realness of the stories that they have created for humanity in the past and the present cannot be denied. So that brings us to Gemini season this year. And I'm nicknaming this one Gems of Genius because Gemini is the sign of genius. It's the sign of massive intelligence moving very quickly in all directions and all paces. But before I talk about the sun moving into Gemini and this season. So before going forward and talking about Gemini season and some of the great things that are happening there, like the eclipse portal and Mercury going into retrograde, which I think is a great thing. And, you know, Jupiter just continuing to be in Pisces, which is awesome. I want to go back and talk about that, that ingress when it entered Pisces on May 13th, because this was good timing for me to go back out. You know, it had been two weeks since I got my vaccine. It was karaoke night. And so I was super excited to go back out and I get out there. Um, and I knew it was Jupiter and Pisces. So I was like, all right, good omens. So I get out to the bar and I find out there that the, the CDC had changed their, um, their guidance. So everything's like opening up again. And then just since then, it's just been constant, just opening up and people going back out and Zumba without masks. So um, it was just one of those instances where the astrology just really dramatically lined up with the reality of the situation and the story and you know it's just this this time where everyone like things are open again the sea the, the oceans are open and we're back in a um and you know we're all fish again able to able to swim towards each other <laughs> that's why i think i want to think jupiter being in pisces now and it, you know it's a little bit of a interesting omen because jupiter is gonna leave pisces at the end of the summer but it's it's there it's there for all gemini season and i just wanted to mention it because it was it was such a big moment and um you know i think that energy is going to continue through so in the background of all this we have you know this big expansive energy of jupiter which has been so con constrained in um being the same signs as saturn and sort of signs that you know it's not it's not as good of a fit for its energy jupiter um is is ruled by pisces and Therefore, you know, it's, it's a really good fit. They work together really well. Jupiter's really large and expansive, and you have an ocean, which is also really large and expansive. Gemini is the sign of the twins. It's the sign of yes and. It's the sign of frequent and fast communication 
it's uh, a mutable air. Mutable meaning changeable, and you know, air is kind of the most changeable element to begin with. So I think of you know tornadoes and uh, you know fast-flowing, uh, wonderful breezes off the off the coast that on a hot day, and I think of uh, sandstorms and you know just big, massive areas of you know airflow that are that are changing and uh, you know you, you know the, the, in the Northeast we have a lot of like unpredictable weather, so I think about that too, um, you know, and it's it's moving into the summer, right? So we have, we have spring and summer, you know, here in where I am, it really starts to feel like summer, early June. So, you know, Gemini is May 20th to about June 20th, depending on the year. Um, and it's that change from, you know, it's, it's a little warm and it's hot some days to being like, by the end of it, you know, it's hot all the time. And I think of like the, the twins is kind of being like spring and summer kind of holding hands and one, one leading into the next. And Gemini energy is its best when it's a yes and. So when it comes to the big story, which is the sun, the big thing that's being shined the light on now, to really focus on yes and as opposed to either or. Libra is another sign of duality. I'm a, I'm a Libra and I have very strong Libra placement on my chart being a Libra rising and Venus in Libra. So I think about duality a lot and I think about, I was thinking about the difference between the duality of Libra and the duality of Gemini. And Libra seeks to like balance two things that are kind of opposing forces where Gemini, I don't, they're, they're not necessarily opposing forces, but they're, they're forces that maybe, they're things that exist together the common pairs that could be opposing or could work together. And they're not necessarily different. You know, like in, in Libra, you're trying to balance like the light and the dark and maybe like patience versus in act, um, versus like getting to it and making action happen, right? Like just, you know, all the different dichotomies that we exist, we exist between and trying to find a balance between the two where there's a spectrum and you're trying to find a middle. As opposed to Gemini, I think a lot of times you have two things that um, could be at odds with each other or they could work together. And so coming into this, I think we're all going to be coming in with a lot of new ideas and a lot of different things that we've been like doing and working on. And, you know, like I've been really focused on my permaculture garden, making an orchard and growing things. And that's been my like pandemic project. And I'm, you know, I don't think anyone else needed to do that. And I don't think, I think it's great. I'm sure I'm not the only one who did. And I think it's cool that other people did. And it's cool what other people's pandemic projects were. And I think when we come back together, it's good to like be like, rather than trying to force our ideas into other people, see it as like a yes and, and like, yeah, like I did this and like your, your thing's cool. Because I think there's gonna be a lot of people coming out of this who have been, you know, sitting on their hands thinking about how the world should be because, you know, it wasn't perfect before by any means. And, uh, you know, it's exciting things, things to open up again, but, you know, they can be better. Now. Mercury is also in Gemini, which is a great place for us. This should be a great sign that people are celebrating, but everyone's worried about this silly thing called Mercury retrograde, which I think is just in part of our culture that is unable to stop just for a second. And the fear of something that, that makes us stop, which is all Mercury retro, like a retrograde is, it's like stopping and going back and like thinking about something and, you know, sticking with something a little bit longer, like sitting in the, sitting in the stick, like the stickiness of it, letting your mud settle as like, you know, the, the Book of Tao would say, like, it's, 
it, it's not a bad thing to sit and think and stop and move backwards and correct things a little bit and like rewrite and like fix things. And that's all Mark your retrograde means. And it's just funny because people, people know that and they say that it's, it's, but to me, it's like this ingrainedness of the busyness and this worshipingness of rushness and the workaholicness of our culture that makes people so afraid of this idea that like, you know, we're going to need to stop and slow down our thoughts, ideas, and communications and connections. Like, it's not that scary. And it, it can be a great way to kind of reflect, especially when it's in a good sign. Like, I can understand if if it was a mismatch, right? Like, if we were having a Mercury retrograde in, say, Scorpio, right? Which I have Mercury in Scorpio, so I'm going I'm to pick this one because it can it can be tough to be of that in, in that mind. And, like, you know, it would be just this... It's a lot of deep, dark thoughts and thinking about like the real things that matter in life that are important, like death and life and rebirth, but you know, it can be really heavy. So like having that for like an extended period of time where you're going over it, I could see being difficult, but this is Mercury in Gemini. This is where Mercury is in its home and it's like lit up by the sun and Venus is going to be there for some time. So it's, to me, this is, this is all good. There aren't really that many negative aspects to it um, from... Neptune, you have Neptune in Pisces, which is a square, but you also have positive aspects from, uh, from Saturn and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's a good match where you have Saturn in Aquarius, air, air and, um, you know, uh, Mercury and Gemini. So do not be afraid of Mercury in retrograde. It is people collectively being afraid of, of stopping and of having to rethink and go over something. And that collective fear is like the bird's circling and it moves the whole culture you know if, if everyone's if everyone's like you know not communicating as much and being like aw- more awkward about the communications like it's going to have a collective effect and that's what i think it is it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy on a mass scale of people who are all kind of in the same kind of community of thoughts and ideas and and you know the sphere of birds that that bird collective <laughs> the the, the uh, i think that you know, new age, which spirituality, any kind of like thing that's outside of the mainstream, uh, ideas about the universe having a, like a deeper and more important meaning. There's a lot of sharing of thoughts and ideas. And I think that sometimes like that collective energy can push, you know, can be, be a force and onto it of itself. So, you know, I think I'm, I'm going the other direction. Mercury retrograde is great. Um, I'm going to fly over here and have that mentality. I'm excited for it to stay in Gemini. I like this, 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 you know, very fast paced energy, um, of thoughts that are coming through during this time and with that placement. So on July, Venus is also in Gemini and, uh, is going to be answering cancer on July 2nd. Venus in Gemini, same thing we're talking about, you know, Venus is, uh, it's about the lovers. So like I say the, the yes and so, you know, to me, this was a lot about, you know, yes, and uh, to the masculine and feminine sides of ourselves, you know, to the, to the, those twins we have inside of ourselves, of the lovers and whatnot, of letting them be in harmony and sequence with each other. And now moving into Cancer, Venus is, you know, going, uh, going into a water sign. So it could be a time, you know, to get more back in touch with like the emotional root of our, of our relationships. Uh, it's a little bit more, a little bit deeper, a little bit more uh, protective. And uh, so I think, I think, you know, we might start reconnecting in this time as a collective and um, like by July 2nd, when Venus is going to Cancer, 
maybe it's a little bit more emotional. Like maybe at first people are a little bit more like awkward and kind of getting used to being social again. And it's a little bit more on the, the superficial small talk side of things and a little more heady in terms of um, Gemini. And then when Venus enters Cancer, maybe we're getting a little more into like, you know, really talking about our experience in the pandemic and how emotional it's been. So maybe it's, that, that could be one way that this, this manifests. Mars, the warrior god of the Zodiac, is currently in Cancer and will be entering Leo on June 11th. In Cancer, Mars is in a defensive posture. I talked about this a lot in my last podcast about how, um, for Taurus season, about how this is, a, this is a time to work on your defenses and work on shine your shield, and to make, but to make sure that your you know, fortress doesn't become your prison, that you don't become too protective and too guarded and to find a good balance of that. I'm always preaching balance, my Libra coming through. So this, this is gonna be the same theme continuing on until the 11th. And then on the 11th, we're going to be moving into the, to Mars and Leo, which is a very different energy. Mars has also been out of bounds, which is, means it's like not quite in the right place in the sky. So this might be a little different. So maybe like the reason I'm experiencing, I've heard Mars Cancer from other people not have such a positive perspective, but I think from like, a, you know, defense and physical, uh, like, and mental state of like, like my warriors felt really, really uh, nourished, nourished during this time. And I, I feel fortified and ready to move forward into to the next phase of the Mar Martian adventure, which is Mars and Leo. And Mars and Leo is the placement where, um, you know, it's, it's very, it, it's a good match and almost too good of a match. There's a lot of, you know, fixed fire and this warrior. So we go from being in defensive posture to maybe, maybe now we're on the attack and ready to move forward. And the, um, Leo is the leader of the Zodiac and a leader in a way of trying to get everyone behind them and get everyone to to do things and be the star of the show and to make things happen on a grand scale uh and you know it's it's summer it's the heat of summer that's that's the leo energy coming through ruled by the sun and so when you put that into mars it can be it can be a very powerful great thing but it also can have some some negativity or possibility for negativity of having so much uh fire put into the warrior so as opposed to being worried about becoming too defensive a posture and becoming too much like guarded in our own little worlds i think that now the worry might be to for people to be a little bit too uh forceful in their own leadership and it'll be interesting to see in this next time after you know we have our first phase of things opening and then on the third we, we talked about venus entering cancer so we're moving into like you know, being maybe a little more emotionally open about our, our, our personal experiences. And I see, uh, from, and then I see on the 11th, maybe this is a time where people are more ready to kind of lead forward in their, their bigger visions and their, their, uh, their warrior God energy to what they want to see happen in good and bad ways and interesting and in new ways. So who knows what's going to happen, but I definitely, you know, it's, it's, uh, I could see like, big movements where people are leading for change in all kinds of different directions. And uh, I think it's a good time to, you know, harness that energy, but in moderation. So for me personally, I'm going to be, you know, n watching my need to like charismatically, like, you know, like it, it, I pull people to my side always or to, to be, you know, it, to, to try to 
overlead. I don't think that's really a word, but maybe I'll make it one. But but you know, just just being mindful of that capacity during this time to become too much of a of a, of a leader and force force my will onto other people. And you know, going back to my theme of yes, and it comes from the Gemini. I think that's the key is focusing on this idea of like okay, you know, I want to lead this way, you want to lead that way, but we're not actually going in different directions, you know, like, and actually if we're both walking the exact same path, we're going to trip on each other. So you, you walk over there and I'll walk over here and we'll, we'll both walk, you know, west, but kind of on our own zigzaggy path. We don't need to have, you know, have anyone necessarily be the leader, you know, because, um, you know, not everyone can be, not everyone can be the leader. And, uh, I think it's, I think it's a big problem in our society where it's like everyone has this need to be the leader and you're expected to have an opinion on everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. So those are the main changes in terms of the, the planetary placements. It was a little shorter. Um, you know, we still have all our big players in terms of the outer planets, Uranus and Taurus. I still see is this change in the way that people look at food and look at the way they sustain themselves and look at farming and look at practices of the animals for good and bad. Uranus is radical change. It's uh, like an upheaval to the structure. It's something unexpected. It's surprises. It's innovation. It's, you know, it, 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 the idea that the idea that the solution kind of coming out of nowhere and just, 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 or a problem just coming out of nowhere, that's all Uranus. So Thinking about that in terms of the Earth, I think we're going to see this continued um, theme for good and bad. And I'm leaning into the good by thinking about new unconventional ways to eat and sustain myself. Um, I've been eating a lot of dandelions recently, and I've been making violet tea, which is pretty cool. It like has a really uh, hydrating effect on your body. And so just, just trying to you know, see what the good possible unconventional ways to gather from the earth are and not the bad possible unconventional ways to gather from the earth are like you know stripping the land bare of all its resources so then we have neptune in pisces which uh you know is this continued massive sort of spread of spirituality and uh you know i think of spirituality on the the neptune as being very much the sign of like connective connectivity on a large scale and I mean, very much the planet of connectivity on a large scale and like uh, spirituality on a large scale, that collective love, like uh, the collectivism, like the cultism, like it's, it's, it's very much like, uh, you know, Neptune is discovered around the time that humanity starts to complete its understanding of itself within the globe, right? Like all the countries of the world are starting to find each other around that time in history. And, you know, the whole picture of what humanity is, is starting to come together and people are starting to see like the massive expansive expansiveness of the whole human, human society. And it's best, it's, it's love for everyone. And it's worst. It's, you know, um, smaller groups within that greater whole getting to coagulated in their own, uh, you know, cohesion of, uh, conformity and, causing more problems so anyway the, the point is that the the in pisces is a sign where things are things are muddy and things are um you know both expansive and um but also uh, confusing sometimes and it's 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 the end of the zodiac so it's a finishing so whatever cycles of religion that we've been in for the past couple hundred years are coming to a close and um you know i see this as like a lot of people um 
you know, we're just talking about spirituality and being more open about it. And um, there's, there's a lot more of an open dialogue of people from different faiths communicating with each other in ways that we had never seen before. And I think that um, we're seeing this in the pandemic too, where, you know, it's just like people, like it used to be people would go to the church down the street from them, or they would listen to the faith leader that they would have in their community, or they wouldn't, and they would read a book um, of some other faith leader. Now, like people are like, you know, like I was listening to um, you know, sermons from someone from the, the Provin- Provincetown church in, um, in Cape Cod. And I don't live in Cape Cod, you know, like, it's like, it's like everything's because everything's online and because there's so much access to different people's ideas, it's like now everyone's able to talk about it. It's no longer like, uh, the, the, the siloed. It's like everyone has their own individual spirituality that they're able to spread. And I love it so much because, uh, before that one, it was like, you know, one person dictating it down to the others. Like it was, it was just awful. And I think there's still some of that, but I think it's starting to fade away. Um, I think there is the problem though of sometimes like, you know, people can disguise themselves as being within uh, the framework of the collective when really they have their own individual agenda to keep the cultish sort of energy going of, of making everyone think one exact thing, right? So it's just, you know, it's an interesting time where I think that the, the, the conspiracy theories and people arguing about like reality isn't going away for a while. Um, and, you know, we have Pluto and Capricorn, which is the same, like, just, just constant obsession with work and the, the constant obsession with money and like, you know, just big swings in terms of, in terms of inequality and money. Um, Capricorn's like, you know, the, the mountain go up the mountain and, you know, we're constantly all like on drastically different parts of the mountain, like, right. Like, so the Pluto version of the, the Capricorn mountain is like really exaggerated cartoonish vertical peaks that like, you know, some people are standing way above other people and people are constantly tumbling down the mountain because they've, you know, lost their savings in something or like the economy crashes and people are constantly like being lifted up for no, like no good or bad reason. It just happens, you know, they get, they invest in the right thing or, um, they're in the right place in the right time. And like our economy is just, it's, it's just, you know, it, it's very like, it, I feel like it's very tied into this Pluto and Capricorn, which is, it's going to be there for a while of this, uh, sort of, you know, massive inequalities in the, in the sort of the, because Capricorn is the time of year we're trying to store things, right? Like I think of it as like the, the, the stored wealth, right? As opposed to like, you know, you have, you have different kinds of wealth. You have like strawberries, like in your hand that you can eat. That's, that's one kind of wealth. Then you have a different kind of wealth, which is the kind of wealth you, you store away for the winter. And that's kind of the, that's the energy in terms of the agrarian calendar, the Capricorn manifests. And so you know, it's just going to, a lot of these themes are continuing and, uh, you know, the next big thing to talk about besides the, uh, is the eclipse, which is super, super exciting. And I'm not going to talk about it as much here as I'd want to originally, because I feel like, um, I want to do a whole different podcast on it around when it comes. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of collective energy and a lot of things I'm thinking about and a lot of things I'm planning in terms of this, this big flower moon eclipse, which is coming on the 26th of May. So it is a full moon eclipse in Sagittarius. And it's really exciting for me because my moon is in Sagittarius. So the moon in Sagittarius is, uh, you know, it's like the, I think of it as a perfect time to be a seeker, right? And the full moon is out. It's a perfect time to be that centaur going through this, the Sagittarian forest. 
looking for the meaning of life by night in the in, um and it's just that enter that, that comfort in being in the dark uh, the dark quest for knowledge right like that's 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 what I think of when I think of, of moon, my moon in Sagittarius. And it's like the... I think of the moon as just a very positive placement no matter where it is. It's always going to be something like good in your chart. It's like your secret superpower. And, uh, you know, I think of mine as being that, that ability to be very calm in like the darkest of times and the calm in the... in, in, in solitude and uh, to be able to, you know... Uh, like have that have that have that strength in like in you know in the continued quest for for knowledge and peace and 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 your own personal journey it's a very individualistic sign it's a very sign like that if you're going to follow your individualistic path um and be a unique individual in this person people will question you and I think it's a Sagittarius energy that is unafraid to be questioned and is, is willing to use its uh mutable wildfire fire to uh, dazzle and explain to everyone why their gladed path through the forest is the best <laughs> at least uh that's the positive sign of Sagittarius so that's that's our um full moon eclipse on the 26th and I'm super excited for it I think it's gonna be a great time where um the ether energy is gonna be really positive and it's the flower moon and you know, when you think about the Algonquin moons or the traditional moons of North America tied into the agrarian culture, which the first peoples here really used and then um, were so effective that Europeans used, and there were some, there's some versions of them in Europe as well. But there's some debate about a lot of them, right? Like there's, there's the, the moon in March is the, war, the full moon, warm moon, but actually not the full warm moon because earthworms aren't native to North America. So it was actually the, the full sap moon. And there's a lot of that, like kind of confusion and different moons called different things. But as far as I can tell, May, the May full moon is the flower moon everywhere you go. It's one of those like universal things because the flowers are just so in full force and they're parading around in all directions and all different types. And you have sort of the last of the spring flowers and the first of the summer flowers and all the fruiting flowers everything you have uh, apple blossoms it's like it's like the perfect time where everything's coming together and you know after that it'll be it'll be more of a green scene for the rest of the for the rest of the year so the full flower moon it's gonna be a beautiful eclipse super super excited about it and uh yeah i hope that um if you're listening you take a chance to take whatever i say and yes and it on to something else that you're doing theme of gemini season and, uh, you know, leave whatever doesn't serve you and just, just have, have the best day and really, you know, get out there and enjoy the world opening up again. So much love to everybody.